Miller. On this week's episode of Tiger Turf Talk, we host Mr. Brian Hinckley, Assistant Director of Grounds for Athletic Facilities at Liberty University. Such an awesome podcast with honestly one of the greatest people you ever meet. Uh, Kind-hearted, always looking out for those around him. Uh, And we really dive into the different areas in which we discuss the Virginia SDMA and how we work on the board together and how he served this industry for long before I ever entered it and truly just been an awesome opportunity to have uh, the chance to talk about everything that he's got going on at Liberty and really just show everyone what it is to be passionate about what we're doing and how we are doing it, you know. You don't want to miss out on this episode because, again, Brian just has everything to offer and all the knowledge in the world and truly is an awesome guy. Uh, We hope you enjoy this episode of Tiger Turf Talk. Good afternoon and welcome to the 78th episode of Tiger Turf Talk. I'm your host, Drew Miller. Uh, Today we have on... Just one of the best guys you'll ever meet. Uh, we have Brian Hankley, Certified Sports Field Manager, the Assistant Director of Grounds for Athletic Facilities at Liberty University. How are you doing today, sir? Doing good. good doing good, Drew. Thanks for having me on. Oh, of course. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, so we actually met, oh, it's been quite some time now. I think it's back in like 2014 or something. Uh, yeah. Was it Denver or was it? Uh, it was one of those STMAs or SFMAs, and we went out. It was, to, it was probably Denver. I think it was Denver. Yeah. yeah so I we went out, and uh, you guys treated the tech students and everything, and that was the first time I ever met yep. you. Uh, and ever yep. since then, I mean, it's been just always great seeing you, and just one of the best guys I know in the industry. Um, <laughs> what has it that. been like for you sort of being a part of sort of the VSTMA? Obviously, we're on the board together right now. Uh, but kind of just want to get your sort of talk because, I mean, 2014, that was a long time ago. You've been serving on it for so long. Uh, coming up on your time to be vice president, which, again, congratulations, by the way. Uh, I mean, you. president, you are vice president. I'm president, sorry. Yeah. I pay attention in the meetings. I do. I promise. Don't. don't. <laughs> <laughs> but what's it been like for you, again, sort of being a part of that chapter and playing such a big role in it moving forward? I mean, I. I'm glad you think I played a big role. I think I do a small part, nothing major, you know, but, Come on, but it's dude. been awesome. It's, it's been awesome. I mean, really um, just the friendships I've gained, the, the people I've met in the industry, um, especially kind of in our state and our, you know, that deal with the same problems that we deal with on a daily basis. You know, you've got somebody to, to run and talk to. Sometimes it's just venting. Sometimes it's, hey, I need some help. And sometimes you're given help. And that's, that's awesome. And I, and I think that's one of the, the biggest things for me as far as being part of uh, the VSTMA and, and even and being on the board and, Using that experience, you know, having been on the in the organization for over 15 years and being on the board for several, I mean, being able to pass that along to, to new people, you know, I, I'm kind of by nature an introverted, quiet person, but you know, being being part of the organization and, and eventually being on the board has really kind of helped me and, and forced me to open open up a little bit and um, you know put myself out there a little more than I would, you know, more than I want to. But uh, but it's been but it's been all good things. Um, just all that networking and friendships and the knowledge that the collective knowledge that everybody shares, and uh, it's been a great 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 time. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more on the uh, the fact that again, like right here, you know, it's good to have that network at home, especially for I know no offense to any other SFMA or STMA, whoever it is, but here in the transition zone, there are so many things that go. A wall, and it's so nice to be able to call someone and be like, "Hey, what did you do for this?" Like, my field has all this spring dead spot for no good reason. When last year I had one spot, like it's it's always nice to have that sort of close connection and everything with that. Um, now, something that we've been working on as like a, a board and everything is sort of expanding upon certain field days, opportunities to become members, stuff like that. Um, what has it been like for you sort of seeing, again, being a person that is taking charge and making field days possible, obviously hosting, I'm sure, over the years, a few field days of your own. Um, what do you think the uh, overall, I guess, the job of a chapter of the SFMA, and STMA still, which I was going to bring up tomorrow in the meeting, but <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. want to. I, I mean, I think that changes. 
we think that's going to happen. Not to allude to anything, but we'll see how it goes. But yeah, for sure, we're hoping to to align with with the uh, or uh, the large organization. But uh, you know, I think obviously our our role as as the VSTMA, um, it, it, we want to be recognized as the leaders in the sports surf industry in the state of Virginia. And with the people that we have in our organization, I think that's who we are. You know, as a group. Um, and and part of that is we want to, you know bring value to our members and to anybody that's involved in any, whether it's from rec league, high schools, all the way up to college professional, whatever it is, we want to um, be a resource for them to, to have that knowledge and information and other people that can help, whatever that may be. I probably said a hundred times a day, cause that's really a huge thing for me with that. And, and I think that's a big part of it. Oh, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Um, now I, and again, like I'm always curious cause I obviously, I see the benefits of the, both having the VSTMA and the SFMA national membership for you, obviously localized having that benefit of network, whatnot, but what has it been like for you being a member of the national organization and sort of, sure. again, that's how we <clears throat> met, you know, being at the conference and yeah. seeing everybody and yep. whatnot, what has it been like for you and how has that benefited your career? Well, I mean, professionally, it's been the best thing I do every year. I look forward to it so much. It's, a great trip you know the first the first time you know a little apprehensive you don't know what to expect or you know what you're going to do or what you're going to see but man it's it's the, like i said it's the highlight of my year you know i get to see now that i've been going for several years i get to see people that i've met years ago and i may only talk to them that one time you know every year but we talk every time and it's always a great you know time of just getting together and like i said it's, it's similar to the vstma as far as you know the networking but at, at a national level and, and I would say even, you know, for your students, if, if they get a chance to go, they can make those networking connections and that could lead to jobs or, you know, future career paths. That, that would be, that's, that's, it's invaluable. You can't, you can't put a, a dollar number on that, you know? Absolutely. Completely agree. Um, now talking about careers, you've had a phenomenal one at Liberty uh, and it's, it's always awesome to see you post stuff about uh, what you used to do way back in the day. Uh not to say when I was in high school or anything, but like before you had, <laughs> before you had artificial I've been doing this a few years. Been doing it a few years. Just a couple, you know, nothing crazy. Um, but like, I'm going to tell you though, it goes by, it goes by so fast, man. Yeah. And again, you know, like, you, you, with, you, know, you probably have experienced that a little bit, but holy cow. Yeah. I have kids. I think, you know, 20 years has gone by. I have kids graduating from the turf program today and I'm sorry they couldn't be there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. Uh, that's awesome though. That's awesome. Yeah. The time does fly um, with everything, you know, Liberty has gone through such a transformation when it comes to athletic facilities, you know, um, baseball becoming a, a big power force in not just their division, but competing against ACC teams all the time. Uh, the softball team obviously has increased their uh, capabilities and their abilities and the facilities followed along with that. You know, like I was saying, seeing back when the game, uh, feel was natural for baseball versus now with the whole stadium, um, what has it been like for you just sort of throughout your career there seeing those changes and how has it been uh, beneficial to you and your crew? Sure. So I never really kind of answered your first question, but I'll get both of them probably at the same time <laughs> here. So my, my journey come, you know, I, so kind of a, a, an interesting story, but when I was 15, uh, I was living upstate New York, which is where my, my family is from. And I had lived here prior to that for, you know, for the first 10 years of my life. And, I always wanted to come back. This is where friends and family were, you know, that, that I had made when I was younger. I came, came back to Lynchburg when I was 15 and lived with a, a family friends of ours. And uh, I wanted to play football for LCA, which I ended up graduating from. And it was, I had an awesome time there, but that first summer, <clears throat> originally I came down just to stay with them and have a good time. My, my older brother had done that. And I was like, that sounds like a fun thing to do. I did that. I ended up getting a job at Liberty um, working on the ground screw. And that first summer I was on the project screw and I, I helped lay some uh, sidewalks and some concrete work. I, built some stairs out of uh, uh, railroad ties, did a whole bunch of random tasks. Um, but I ended up wanting to stay. So I stayed for that next school year, you know, um, and over the next three years between my high school years, I um, worked at Liberty and, and did different tasks each summer. So the, the one summer, um, the, the high school football practice field needed a lot of work. <laughs> and it was down alongside a creek bed underneath a railroad track. It was just kind of a little you know, Podunk's little thing. I mean, when I, when I started working on it that summer, it was a hay field, really. <laughs> so I, I mowed it down and I, uh, you know, my boss at the time, Randy Johnson, <clears throat> who had actually, interesting fact, he was the first VSTMA president. I don't know if anybody remembers or know, know too many people. He, he retired a couple awesome. years ago, but that's awesome. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. But uh, anyways, 
he um so he, he allowed me to work on that field that summer and i i mean i pumped water out of the creek and moved irrigation heads around to to get it and, and you know mowed it and i learned to paint the lines and that's kind of where i got my introduction into you know sports turf um at the time um it was just a summer job you know no big deal finished high school um started college i actually my plan before i met my now wife in high school <laughs> my plan was to join go in the military and i don't know what that what that was going to lead to ended up not doing that my next plan was I went to Liberty, started at Liberty, was actually pre-med, uh, started with some uh, anatomy classes and things like that and did okay, but realized, uh, you know, ended up marrying my wife after her first year of college and then kids started coming along and kind of school kind of dropped off. But uh, so I started working full time at Liberty and over the first few years there, um, did a little bit of everything. I mean, I was on the horticulture crew. I did the mowing and weeding, a little bit of athletic field stuff, but the school was still pretty small at that point. Um, and, uh, I actually ended up running, I was the trash guy for two years <laughs> for a while. And at the, towards the end of that part of it, I was actually, you know, the school was starting to grow. Athletics was starting to get a little bit bigger, you know, just a little bit of growth. And I, I would do trash in the mornings and then in the afternoons, I'll work on the athletic fields and that went on for a little while. And then, you know, after, shortly after that, the, you know, we hit university decided they wanted somebody working full-time on athletic fields. And it was me. I was a one man crew at that time. <laughs> so it was kind of crazy, but. But to the, to the second question, just, you know, <clears throat> seeing, seeing the growth, it has been phenomenal. I and mean, we've been blessed, you know, the founder of the university, Dr. Falwell wanted to, you know, advance the mission of the university and our faith uh, through athletics. And what a great pl platform to do that, you know, in competitive culture, you know, it, it can be hard. You button heads, you're fighting, but then after the game, you know what? Hey, I love you, man. Let me share Let me share Jesus with you. You know, that kind of thing. And, and it's been it's been awesome, and, and the school's been able to do that. And on a bigger platform, every year it's growing, growing, growing. You know, football's been to bowl games. I mean, I never thought that was ever going to happen. And winning winning bowl games, not just being there. We had our quarterback this past year was projected to go pretty high in the draft. Ended up going a little lower, but man, he's still going to make an impact, and he's he's going to be a great NFL player. I mean, it's all things that when when I first started working here, and, and most of the people at the school never thought would ever be possible, and yet here we are. So it's been it's been awesome to see that growth. Um, and along that, there's been some growing pains, of course, and, you know, that's normal as part of it. And we kind of have to work through those things and, and figure out what's next, you know, what's next? How do we, how do we fit the needs of what we're trying to do? So it, it's been awesome to be part of a small part of it, I think, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's been a blessing to be here. One man crew makes you a big part of it. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, and, and I'll tell you what, well, yeah, go. no, no, go, <laughs> go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, go good. ahead. I, I was just, I was, it, I didn't want to jump to the next question because that, that kind of alluded to some other things there, but I'll let you go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I absolutely love your story. You know, with, with like, I mean, when people talk about the grind and talk about the work and whatnot, you don't really know that until you, again, things like being the trash man, going, doing different things each and every year, getting to the point where you can take this role as the assistant uh, athletic director of uh, facilities, um, when it comes to, again, what you're passionate about, which is just awesome to hear, you know, it's what everybody should, uh, be striving for in their lives. So I think that's completely Absolutely. so awesome. Uh, now with that, you said, again, you started at Liberty kind of fell off with education and everything. Um, when did the, the education portion come in, you know, cause obviously you had a, a lot of work to get done and a lot of like training and whatnot to, I mean, you basically taught yourself how to take care of turf. So like, <laughs> um, and, I, and I had some help along the way, but that's, but that's kind of, you know, I alluded to that a little bit earlier with yeah. the SCMA and STMA and some other mentors and, you know, Randy Johnson being one, I mean, he, he had a lot of knowledge that he shared with me. Um, but that, that, those played a huge part, but, but for me, um, education never ends, you know, like whether it's formally in a, a school setting or if it's literally in the field, physically doing the work, you, you know, whatever it is, or looking up stuff online or reading magazines or going to conferences, seeking out that, that never ends. It should never end for anybody, you know, like you've got to constantly be learning and growing and, you know, keeping up with what's the new, newest, next best thing. You kind of get stuck in that rut. You're in trouble. <laughs> you're going to go downhill. There's no, there's no in between. It's either you're going up or you're going down. There's really no middle ground. So education is huge. It's, and like I said, it doesn't, you know, college isn't necessarily for everybody. I know that's maybe an unpopular opinion sometimes, but, you know, especially in, in industry like ours, where it's physical labor a lot, or there's a lot of other jobs like that, too. We need those in this country, and the, and the world goes around on those backs of those people, in my opinion. So, you know, don't, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, get out there, get some experience, find what you love, and do it, you know? 100%. I mean, 
I always, and again, Dr. Gutley, don't come after me. You know, I love you. Again, <laughs> one of the greatest people I know. But Absolutely. I learned more on the job than I did in the classroom, you know, and it's yeah. nothing against my professors. And I do use, obviously I'm a teacher now, so I have to use what I learned in the classroom because I'm teaching Absolutely. it. But yep. at the same time, like being in a hole with Casey Underwood down at Virginia tech, like understanding how to work irrigation, stuff like that. There really isn't anything that is more sort of educational in a sense than that, you know, like you're never yeah, going to really yeah. truly know how to fix anything unless you are in the situation, living in the moment and having those like the time to go in and For see sure. it, you know? So I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that's a big part of what, what we're trying to do with the VSDMA is, I mean, sure. we're having the field day up here. There's a field day. Uh, I think in Salem, they said they're going to try and do it, but like mm. all these yeah. different things, like, being able to do that. And I think the other thing with us is that we have sort of, and again, I could be wrong. Don't nobody come after me, please. But we have <laughs> a, sort of a responsibility to take our knowledge and pass it along to those that don't know. You know, I think a lot of people, again, and again, you guys do a phenomenal job, but the whole artificial turf monster in the sense it happens, you know, it's going to happen. Obviously there's yeah. still a lot and you guys do a phenomenal job of making sure it's safe for the players the best you can, you know, sure without having it replaced every two years or something like that. But uh, yeah. with that, like making sure people are aware of the need of who these people are. Uh, I mean, COVID proved it, you know, COVID had very few jobs that were open and you guys were probably in all the time for that yeah. first month and a half, you know, obviously probably not together, but we had so many people that were laid off and didn't have jobs and didn't have opportunities. And we were an essential worker, like, and it's not For like sure. there was games going on, you know, there was still stuff right. like right. we managed, you know, and I love the, you, you know, to, to that point though, we, we go ahead. We, we took it as a, you know, we kind of sold it us needing to work as, you know, protecting the investment, especially on the grass field. You know, if you just let them go, I mean, it's going to cost way more and be more you know, time consuming to get back to normal when the time was over. So yeah, we had to kind of work through it. It was not the, not the fun time for anybody, but, but we did what we had to do, you know, yeah, we, did no, what we had to do, made it happen. Yeah, that was our thing. It was weird. Uh, so when we, when COVID hit, I got permission for me and three students to be managing our facilities. Like, awesome. like well, I didn't know I'd get that approval, but <laughs> no one, like no one was allowed in their school buildings. No one was allowed in anything. We were the only ones allowed to do anything. So that was wow. pretty cool. Wow. Um, that is cool. That's yeah. Cool. Um, but again, you were talking about like going up or going down. I was like, well, if you're going down in gr the grass business, you're probably not going to have a job for too long, you know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, and that, and that's why education is so important, right? I mean, you always got to be constantly learning and growing and moving in. And, and like you mentioned before in the transition zone, it's different every year. You, you sometimes you never know what you're going to get. You know, you can kind of have a plan in place and do what you think is going to work and it, it might not this time, you know, there's <laughs> so, nothing you can do. About yeah. It. So we'll get into this. I'll see how it's been going for you. It's so damn mild. And I'm part of my friends, yeah. but like, yeah, I, yeah, we need some warm weather. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I'm like, come on, we're there. Nope. 30 degrees. Nope. Oh, uh, nope. Yeah. What's it yeah. been like for you this year? You know, getting everything ready. And, uh, obviously you're coming to the end of, uh, your spring sports, uh, lacrosse is natural grass, right? No, um, no, it's not. So for, uh, let me, I'll get into that just a little bit. No, so let's, no, let's okay. do that. Let's do that first before yeah. we get into this. What is your facility sort of like makeup and whatnot? And just yeah. where, where are you managing and what your role is, you know, as the assistant athletic director, you know? Sure. I, so I think most Sorry people don't that. realize, no, it's all, it's all good. I just, I felt like it made more sense. To no, hundred percent, hundred percent. I went off the rails. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I have to, or, or will. No, you've been great. <laughs> so, uh, you know, most people think we're just, it, we take care of not just Liberty. We also have uh, LCA. We have the high school field and all of those are natural grass. So there's football practice field, football field that they play games on and soccer games on uh, another football practice field. They've got a band practice field. They've got a small golf facility, baseball and softball field. So, I mean, there's, you know, 12 acres right there of, of natural grass. That's most of it's Bermuda, but the, the baseball and softball fields are actually bluegrass mostly. So that's a, a challenge sometimes too. Um, and then on the LU side, we've got our soccer field and our soccer practice field are grass, um, as well as a, we've got an intramural softball field that's grass and our band practice field is grass. But then obviously baseball, softball, lacrosse, field hockey, um, uh, 
obviously football and baseball, softball. I mean, there's, it's a lot, there's a lot of fields. And I'll, and I'll be honest with you for the size of my crew, if some of them were grass, it'd be tough to size the crew that we have right now. Um, <clears throat> which doesn't mean we couldn't ramp it up and do what we need to do, but that's, that's kind of where we're at as far as what we have. Uh, but going back to the question about this year, yes, I, I felt like since February, I felt that we're three weeks behind weather-wise what we normally are. Um, I did still, I sprayed out the ryegrass last week on, on our grass field that we do that. And I've got Bermuda, but it's not thriving. It's not loving life right now, but it's there, which is good. Um, but yeah, it's been a little slow, even, even on the bluegrass fields. I mean, it was middle of March before they were green and healthy. And that's, it's usually kind of towards the end of February. We're in really good shape, um, for the high school baseball and softball season starting up. So, um, you know, I haven't really pushed them too hard with, with fertilizer or anything this spring, just, uh, one early app and just trying to you know get through the season and uh, playoffs start next week for, for those sports. So we still got a little ways to go with that. Um, baseball and softball are softball is playing right now, actually <laughs> down in Florida in the A-Sun tournament in baseball that tech last night and lost a close one. I mean, lost. A, I don't know if you saw that at all, but I think it was like, we were up one to or nothing. Or it, it, it ended up being the ninth inning, but we, oh, okay. we were up one to nothing. We were up one to nothing until the ninth inning. And oh. they scored a walk-off hit and one two to one. It was it was kind of that's was, a rough one, but it was it was a, it was a tough game. But yeah. but like you said earlier, I mean we're competing with Texas number five team in the country. I was going to so say number five team. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah. So I can't complain too much. But 100%. they've had a great season. So, anyways, yeah, it's been a little slow, but still trying to move forward with our normal. You know, I mean, right now we're already we're in the mode of thinking about the fall. You know, we've got to be prepping for fall sports starting. So that's where we're at. Hundred percent. That and it's it's. I don't know why. It might just be me, but it's really hard for me because when I'm like trying to prep and everything, my mind like shuts down when the school year ends. And it's like no, no, no. We need a minute. We gotta get yep. this ready. Yep. Like, <laughs> yep. yep. And we yeah, we got a we have a monkey wrench coming in. So uh, we had a uh, we have this big project going on. We have a new concession stand slash bathroom, and then. Uh, with the support of our admin at the like county level, they're actually putting artificial turf fields on all the game fields in the county except for ours, which they're not doing. They've been doing it over <laughs> years, but like I, that, we yeah. sort of said, "Hey, do it on the practice field so you don't destroy our program." But you know, we were not. Well, at least I was gonna say, at least you're able to fight that. I know that. Which I actually didn't. Too, I was quiet. I was. I was quiet. Yeah. My yeah. AD. I'm like, I'm quiet. I didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the the county was very gracious and understanding. I can't thank them enough for that. But uh, sure. yeah, there's the monkey wrench of the track being redone around that field. So they have. Some uh, yep, yep. I don't know how much they're doing, but they're taking out <laughs> enough of the field. So we're going to see how that goes. But uh, well, maybe yeah. it'll be a, maybe it'll be a good thing. You turn it into a positive and kind of. Yes, we're hoping we're hoping yeah. that all the grade is fixed because our field is very not graded well. But I, <laughs> I would see that a lot around well. here. My, no, I know what you mean, though. I mean, that, and not to, I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus or anything no, specific, good. but a lot of the high schools, my son plays high school sports right now. He's gotcha. junior, and, and I've been to all the schools in our area around here. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I hate that. I try not to pick them apart, but I'm kind of, man, it wouldn't take but like this much effort and things could be so much better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And that's, 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 and that's kind of part of where, you know, the BSDMA comes into play. You know, that's kind of why we try to put that out there and, and help those programs out. Get a little understanding, and and that's the thing. And I, yep. and I, you bring up a great point. The, the, I don't want to say it's like arrogance or anything, but like it's the lack of, no. lack of caring even a little bit. You know what I mean? Like even a little bit, even a little bit. <laughs> again, it's not athletic directors and whatnot because they just no. don't know. No. It's just like right as a school building, you should be able to see, hey, that needs a little help. What can we do? Yep. Oh, there's people that do this. Let's go talk to them. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, but and most school the most school divisions can't afford to have a sports manager on staff, you know. Exactly, hundred percent. And that and that's that is what it is, you know. So okay, what do, how do we make it work with what you do have, you know? Yeah. And if that's just some knowledge and timing application of products or you know, just simple things that can make make a drastic difference without having to break the bank or your back, you know, and, and make it better for the athletes. Yeah. So we, we just got called by a school uh Probably about an hour away from our school, but I won't name names. They uh, called us out and uh, their field's in bad shape, you know, and like 90% of it's POA and it's like, 
it's not even bluegrass it's a bermuda grass field i'm like how did you do this exactly like how did it get to that point yeah not spray out anything like what are we it was this like i'm sitting here and they're like what can we do and i'm like well it needs a lot (laughs) and we just went through like the options and whatnot and they were like so grateful like to have us out and just talk and understand Sure. Who should be doing what? How should they be doing this? What should they be expecting? Like understand what they should be looking for when they're doing the renovation, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- those are the things that I think would do a lot. And I feel like as an organization, not just the VSTMA, but SFMA, we need to be able to put ourselves out there in a sense to like, hey, yeah. we are here to help you. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Just listen to what we say a little bit, and your fields are going right. to be ten million times safer and better than they are. You know, so yeah. sorry to go off. But I think that. that's why. No, it's okay. But because I'm, I'm with you, and I think that's also why a lot of school districts are going to that artificial route. It's, it's something they don't have to worry about. They think they can put it in, do nothing, and you know, it's good to go. They they solved their problem. So know? and to that, no, <laughs> that's not entirely true. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. And to that, like. Again, I don't have anything. I do have a thing against. I'm not going to lie. Um, I mean, I do too. We have a lot of it here, and I do. I mean, we. I'll tell you, we we fought pretty hard last year. We just replaced our baseball and softball fields on our second artificial turf. Artificial, field. gotcha. Yeah, we were this close, this close to going back to grass. We had uh, the coaches were on board, some of our ads were on board, and it it just got shut down kind of last minute. And they didn't want to do it, so back to what it, and it and that's the thing. Like I, you know. It's frustrating because, like, you know, we, we feel like we do a good job, you know, with the grass. 100%. You guys do. Your soccer field. That, sometimes that's still, I <laughs> appreciate that. Yeah. Sometimes it's not enough to sell it, though, you know, mm-hmm. like the coaches or administration has other reasons for what they're doing. And it's not, it's not a cut against us. It's not that we did wrong. It's just what they want to do. And as much as we hate it, <laughs> all yeah. of us in the industry, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's part of it. I don't think it's going away. You know? Oh, 100%. And I mean, so, I do think so there's I, a shift coming. I will say that. I, I think so too. I think so too. I think some more education and people being out there and being vocal about it helps bring it back. So it, it, it kind of returns, you know, kind of revolves, you know, revolving door there. But, but, but I also feel like my job is as a sports surf manager is to make sure that whatever fields are playing on is safe. That's part of my job, you know, as much as we wish everything was grass, we still have to do what we have to do to, to make sure those things. Are good yeah. Go. And again, so that's, I think that's the scariest part about it, you know, is the fact that these suppliers and, and people that installed like, Oh, just drag it every once in a while. You'll be fine. No, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 no. So like, much more to it. <laughs> and there's so much more to it. And the fact that like, they don't understand that there is like a, a few thousand dollars that they should be doing worth of like, work on it every year like no yeah. one knows that no one puts that money towards right. it. and i think the scariest thing about all of it is is that we've had the opportunity to talk to a few nfl guys that are conversions managers for like like fcs versus nfl teams like they replace them every two years like yep and nobody nobody knows that at the high school nobody level. knows at the that. high school <laughs> level they're like oh, yeah, i got an eight yeah. to ten like no you don't okay because no, you, you don't. don't know how to manage it a and b yep they're doing it every two years and they, and the other thing is they only have like nine games a year, you know, like, yeah. yes, they yeah. have events, but that's not causing that much compaction compared to again, play nah. in the sense. And it's like, no. Whoa, why, why aren't we concerned about this? <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I keep going off on. <laughs> that's sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's a, compl- it's a complicated issue and there's a lot of, a lot of aspects and a lot of parties involved in it, but yeah, I'm 100%. Yeah. And, I think that's awesome that you were so close to getting it back. You know, I think that's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, hopefully, hopefully with the uh, surgence of uh, the football program, there's a little shift there, you know? Uh, well, I, I was told, I was told in a, a meeting, if we move to the SEC, then it'll go grass. Like, okay, well, let's do that. <laughs> I don't know that it'll happen anytime soon. But oh, anything, I, mean, I think we where we amazing. are. So that's amazing. <laughs> They were, they were like joking about it, but in like two years. Yeah, but I, 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 I'm going to hold them to the word. I record, I'll record it, you know, I'll make sure it comes back to them. 2021, 9 p.m. No, 100%. That's so good. That would be awesome. But uh, no, hopefully again, like, and that's awesome that you're you're having those conversations and having the ability to. For sure. So 
with that sort of going into that idea of it, what has it been like for you in your relationship with your administration and being able to have those conversations and how have you sort of developed your maybe even personal relationship in the sense of professional, I should have just said professional, but you personally uh, going from where you started to the point where you are now in your current role. I mean, I think communication is probably the biggest thing and, and speaking up when you need to. Um, which, like I said, I'm I'm pretty introverted, kind of keeping myself kind of person, and I still have those tendencies. But you know, you got to put yourself out there. That's the bottom line. You know, communication is, is is a big part, but being truthful, being honest, and you know, being able to back up what you're saying, you know, with data, whether that's you know studies that other people have done or or your own data. Like, look, I can I can show you this is you know what we have. This is what we can do, and and being right, and that kind of proves your point. And you do that enough times. People are going to say, man, this guy's reliable. He knows what he's talking about. He's professional. You know, he, he's, he's, he's on the ball. He's taking care of things that he'd be taking care of before. It, you know, don't, you don't need a work order to make sure the field's ready. He's out there doing what needs to be done. Um, and, and those kind of things kind of help you get your foot in the door and, and a seat at the table with those conversations. Um, and then it's, it's, like I said, just being open and honest and being truthful. And here's, here's what it is, laying it out there. And, and people respect that and, and learn to trust you. And, and that makes that goes a long way. I think the data thing is what's huge, you know, having, yeah. having information, a lot of people don't expect that going into things. And I, I think it's funny yeah. that people don't yeah. expect that. Cause it's like, Hey, I have this information right here to show you that this is right or this is wrong. And they're like, wait, what? Like, I didn't where'd you get that from? Did you pull it off the internet? Exactly. Or? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Which I think, yeah. I, and those are the kinds of things that I feel like in your role, like, Showing the people, I'm not saying like beneath you or anything, those working no, for yeah. years, like this is how you get shit done. This is how you're going to progress. This is how we're going to make things better for us and how we're going to make everything better for everyone, all of our athletes and all that. Yeah. Uh, so big props for that. And it's just awesome to hear, you know, um, sort of diving into that side of things. You've worked with a lot of people in your career. Uh, and obviously you've been a great mentor to a lot of good people. Um, what has it been like for you being a mentor and at Liberty? I'm actually, I don't know if you knew this, you know, I'm a student at Liberty right now, actually. Are you? That's awesome. Yeah, no, I'm doing my, I did not know that. That's great. Yeah. 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 I should be graduating in the summer with my doctorate. We'll see. There you go. If my that's gonna be weird. It's gonna be a super weird <laughs> that's day. Cool, that's, that's right. We're that's trying. We're trying. Yeah. So <laughs> what has it been like for you as a mentor, just being kind of that person that's been a guide and again a friend to those that need it when it comes to learning the ropes? I think one of your um pretty pre pretty recently went over to the Hillcats, right? One of your uh, yeah, Tyler Tyler Bergen has, has moved, recently moved over there. Yep. So things yep. like that were, again, progressing, moving forward, and having a career in result of your teaching and your guidance. So what is that like for you? Uh, you know, I guess I can say it related to my, my management style, I guess I could say is relational, right? So like I, I kind of cre- try to create a family-type atmosphere where that open honesty, hey, if you got something, ask me, and I'll let you know what's, you know what I'm saying? Like trying to look out for those guys inside of work mostly, but also outside of work or whatever it is, just having that tight knit group kind of, kind of helps. And then, you know, one, one mantra that I've kind of, kind of gone over in my head a bunch, I don't always say it out loud, but you know, every opportunity is an opportunity for learning, right. Going back to the education part. So when something bad happens, it's an opportunity, right. If for, for something to learn something, okay, I'm not going to do that again. I messed up. Or when something goes right, it's an opportunity for learning. Hey, this worked. Let's do that again. So, you know, I think if you, you make that a day-to-day thing in every situation and try to make it some way to, what can I learn from this? What can I gain knowledge-wise or experience-wise to help me going forward to make me a better person, better sports or manager or, or whatever it is in my life? So I think that that's, that's kind of where I would, you know, say that works out. I think that's the, the, I think that needs to be the most common theme throughout all walks of life. Every opportunity sure. is a learning opportunity because when you screw up, guess what? You got to get back to where you were, figure out what happened, how to fix it. And being able to have those moments, you know how to avoid it from now on, you know, things like that. And that's something that our, I mean, our class, that's what we live for, you know, is 
I don't live for it because I'm like, oh, here we go. But like, <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't make yeah. you. It doesn't make you free from the consequences, right? Exactly. Like, exactly. Oh crap! Now it, it feels bad. Now I got to. Now I got to figure out what I got to do to get it right. Well, now. I yeah, but it, mine's so more. It's so fun like, dealing with it in the meantime. <laughs> no, hundred percent. Mine's more. There's a 13 year old doing something wrong. I got to go fix that. Here we go. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's sometimes out of my control whether it's a learning for sure, for sure. Or not, but uh, sure. it's always interesting to see how they react to it, you know, uh, which is, well, it's kind of funny that I'll let you ask you next question. Cause I, uh, that kind of leads into it a little bit. <laughs> I have some thoughts on some of that. Exactly what you just said. What? Go ahead. <laughs> well, just as far as, you know, leadership, right. That's kind of what your next question that, that I did you had given me is about. And sorry, my and bad. for me, leadership <laughs> is, is ownership, right? Yeah. Like so, as a one-man crew, when I'm first starting out, there's nobody else to blame. I can't point the fingers at anybody. It's me. You know, if it goes right, it's on me. If it goes wrong, it's on me, right? So, yeah, I've tried to teach my kids, and, I, and as a crew, we, we talk about it, you know. And, and it's also kind of how I have my crew divided up. Like, everybody kind of has their own responsibilities field-wise, and I support them in every way I can, and there's certain things that I do and, you know, all that. But, like, leadership is ownership, and sometimes it's just leading yourself, right? But if one of my guys screws up, I can't, you know, when, when somebody asks me what happened, I'm like, oh, well, so-and-so. I can't say that yeah. it's my fault. I'm, I'm the leader, right? I have to own that and say, I didn't train them. Right. I didn't give them the right tools. You know, something, something bad happened because I didn't think it had, you can't avoid those things. They're going to happen, but you have to own it. And when you own it, you kind of internalize it. And then you take pride in what you're doing and you own up to your mistakes and you learn from them and you move on and do better next time. So that's kind of, that's kind of my mentality as far as the leadership style and how that, kind of plays on to now obviously you know that means you got to plan well oh, <laughs> you got to communicate well you know you have to have people that care you have to prioritize you know what's what's the first thing on the list what's the last thing on the list yeah um and then being professional in everything you do and, and how you interact with people how you talk to coaches and players and and other team members crew members whatever that is i mean those all those all kind of mold into one big ball of you know what it should be about 100 percent like <laughs> that's pretty much everything I try to teach my kids is all what you Absolutely. Do. That's perfect. That's, you know, that's what they need. That's what we yeah, all need. No, <laughs> yeah. No, just, I mean, giving them the sort of the guide on like, okay, it doesn't matter what kind of day you're having. This is how you're going to have to, again, sort of adapt yeah. to what's going on, how to be professional, yeah. discussing things with certain people, how to properly use things, how to properly stay safe, all these different, there are so many things that, and I, I think it might be one of the main reasons that we have issues with like labor, you know, shortages and whatnot is there are these kids and younger people. I mean, I used to be young, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, about uh, 20 plus years ago. <laughs> <laughs> the the uh, lack of understanding that they need, it's not kid gloves, but they need like your help. They don't know. They do. And, and, the amount and of, they don't know what they don't know. I say that a the lot. Amount, you don't exactly, know what you don't know. That is you exactly, don't know what you don't know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like it goes further than like, oh my gosh, what are you saying? Because I find myself sometimes in class, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what I told you to do this. Like, I don't know what that means. Right. I'm like, yeah. Um, Okay. Oh, well, that means that means that you failed to explain exactly what they. Well, I will. I will say. I will say that. No, I'm not saying you didn't. I'm just no, saying. No, that, no, no, yeah, no. Hundred percent. There are times. <laughs> there are times where I do, but there are also times where yeah. I'm like, "You were not listening in class." <laughs> yep. yep. So exactly no, right. I hear. I hear what you're saying for sure. Um, and that is a generational thing, you know. I feel yeah. like, and I mean, not be like kids these days, you know, like old. <laughs> but uh, but but it's for real. I mean, there's yeah, you know, this generation. You have to treat yeah. them differently, and I'm, and I'm sure you're you're probably an expert in that. Yeah, this cell phones thing. is a huge part of it. The internet's a huge part of it. All of those things. Oh, wow. Instant gratification is part of it. You can pull your phone up and get everything you need to know and want right now. Boom, there it is. Yeah, you know, there's, sure. there's no delayed satisfaction. Nobody knows what that is anymore. No, I hear you, and it's it's stuff like that that I feel like as an adult we need to do, understand. And I think people again, yeah, I don't absolutely. have a kid. I don't have a kid, which you can. Probably yeah. speak to this. I feel like parents yeah. have a better understanding of it, you know, than most people. Um, so sort of taking that sort of, and again, you developing the people and understanding all that is makes a huge difference. Cause again, you understand what you want the standard to be. They learn it, right. You're going to develop it over a couple of years. They're already in that sort of ownership stage where you give them the range exactly. facility yep. and then they buy right. in and then they do something <clears throat> like going over the Hillcats, having his own opportunities and stuff like that. So that's right. 
it's awesome exactly right. awesome to hear and yeah. great to have in your shop obviously and on your crew um we sort of discussed this a little earlier when you texted me <laughs> i was like uh, i guess i didn't really uh focus on asking wasn't clear. <laughs> no yeah um when it comes to your work and everything and you sort of deciding on how things are done things for your crew whether it's time off what needs to be done how we're going to get it done what is it that you're prioritizing when it comes to making decisions just overall with your work whether that's buying equipment maybe to make things easier on your guys maybe uh creating more vacation days when you can so that when you have to keep them later like how are you doing like what is it that you're doing and focusing on with all of the decision making that again every day is a decision like uh for sure so. and a lot of days it's 100 decisions you know it's and so you know i would say the first thing is priority wise you know like i said we've got ncaa sports we've got high school sports obviously we have to kind of prioritize the ncaa sports and then it's kind of the high school stuff and then it's you know the events that are happening today those have to be a prioritized and then maintenance you know so we kind of there's kind of a a, a list of what's the most important thing, what's, you know, and that's kind of a get, it's not written down necessarily, but everybody kind of knows what, okay, these are things are top priority. And, and we talk about that daily, basically, and sometimes multiple times a day. Um, but then as far as, you know, equipment and, and things like that goes, I mean, we want, I mean, I need stuff that's reliable. When you have a small crew and you, you really, I mean, we have a lot of acreage to take care of. And I mean, right now I'm at full capacity. This is the biggest crew I've ever had. And I actually have like uh, seven, seven full-time guys, which is, for some people, that's like medium-sized crew. Some people, that's a lot. Some people, that's like nothing. But for us, it's it's a, you know, the la- over the last few years, I've, I've done most of our work with like four or five guys. Now we're up to seven, which is good. That means we get the, the, the details, the small things that you don't always get um, without having all the people you need. But <clears throat> but as far as, you know, having equipment, it needs to be reliable equipment. I mean, when something breaks down, I don't necessarily have a backup, you know. So if, you, if you've got good equipment that's been maintained well, you know, nice sharp blades or, or reels, whichever it is, those kind of things are, are super important. So those those are priorities, you know, to me. Take care of your equipment, it's gonna take care of you. If you don't have that thing, how are you gonna get the job done without it? You know, whatever it is. So that that matters. And then using the right, you know, decision wise, using the right materials, you know, on a on a you know, this alludes to another question, but on on a, a, a field where you've got dirt next to artificial turf, you know, which which dirt are you using to make sure that it kind of stays where it's supposed to and not into the turf, you know, those kind of things. So it's, you know, reliable efficiency and what, just what works on a consistent basis. You know, those, those are kind of how we uh, prioritize, you know, what the, the, the decisions we make as far as crew and people and equipment and those kind of things, materials we use um, the right, you know, do we, you, you know, get a, a water soluble nitrogen and put it out five times a year during the summer, or do we get um, a, a slow release, extremely long, slow release fertilizer, put it out once and it feeds all summer long. Well, we just saved a bunch of time. And really, cost between fuel and equipment wear and tear and time on the time of doing it. So, I mean, those are those are the kind of things that I think about in my mind on a regular basis. Is okay, how can we do this better? You know, and some of that stems back from being a one man crew, especially you know, if something especially at that time something broke down, I was really in trouble. I had there was nothing I could do. You know, so those kind of having that background kind of helped me kind of develop systems and prioritize things to to be able to be efficient and. Uh, get things done in, in a high standard, but also quickly. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Liberty, listen, he's saving you a lot of money and time. Come on. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, they know. <laughs> <laughs> they understand that now. Uh, and I, that's, that's crazy how, again, sort of taking the, what you've learned and implementing it, how that has saved you a lot of time and energy for your crew. And I think, again, it's just yeah, awesome. Yeah. I say awesome way too much on this podcast. I figured that out the other day. Um, <laughs> with that, I think we all have certain words that we say a lot. And we don't I, realize uh, it, my filler that. is, my filler is, um, I'm like, oh, geez. <laughs> um, yeah. We, so you, again, you sort of discussed it. Obviously artificial turf and clay are not the best things. And I think I've talked to you about yeah. this, like personally, cause you guys, when you first put in the artificial softball, you guys put in yep. sort of a what's it called Hilltopper or something? Yeah, yeah. Stabilizer Solutions is the, the 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 name of the company that makes it. It's a do you still have polymerized it? dirt? <laughs> we do not. We do not. Okay. okay. Do not. <laughs> so, yeah. so what was <laughs> no. sort of what? And again, I love that was my favorite part about your response to that was the fact that the materials. You know, a lot of people don't think like yeah. that. 
And I think that I think that plays a huge role in again, sort of the success of the field, the playability, and all that. Uh, and again, nothing against people that love their products and whatnot, but like we use DuraEdge. Yeah. Like DuraEdge is something that has proven time and time again to withstand the season, withstand the strain and all the different things. Um, sure. And what with artificial, sorry, shifting back to the question I got off again. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. You're good. <laughs> what has it been for you sort of taking care of the idea of no sort of migration of the clay into the artificial and all of that, and how have you changed? Obviously, we were talking about Hilltoppers. I got to go to where you are now. Because I remember at Tech, we just had the mound, and it was a pain in the yep. ass for just the yep. mound. Yep. You know, like, yeah. you yeah. have a whole infield. So, like, I can't even imagine <laughs> what you guys are doing for taking care so of number, it. Number one, I would say it's inevitable. When you have dirt next to turf or grass, it doesn't matter. It's going to move. It's going to get some into the one or the other or both. You know, it's going to happen. The best thing you can do is minimize that. Um, so, well, you know, that, that I will say that the Stabilar Solutions product, and I'm not trying to, you know, sell a product or <laughs> say something's terrible, but it That's was what it was. Experience. You know? Yep. <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. It, 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 in, in other climates, it might have worked better for us. It was hard as a rock and you couldn't manipulate it in any kind of way. You know, on a, on a normal um, infill skin area, you can add water, less, less water, nail drag deep or lighter. There's different things you could do. <clears throat> that material was what it was. Um, and it honestly, for us, it was hard. It was, it was a little dangerous because it was hard as a rock to the point that on a softball, the seams are pretty raised. So if a ball was skipping along the ground, it could hit one of those seams and just pop way up, you know? So, <clears throat> and, and that's just because of the firmness of that product. So like I said, it, it did what it was supposed to do. It didn't really migrate into the, into the old, into the turf too much compared to uh, something else would. We, we do not have as far as right now on that infield, we have, um, uh, Luck Eco makes a, a product very similar. And, and I'll tell you, and in, in from what I've done, and I'm sure other people could speak a little more specifically to this, but the biggest thing that Durage has done is kind of standardized uh, a blend, right, of that sand silk clay and gotten a good mix in a repeatable um, way that it's consistent product pretty much all the time, right? So that's kind of, in my mind, that's kind of their biggest thing. Um, and it's good. It's awesome. We don't have it. For us, when we rebuilt um, that infield with a different material. I mean, the cost was, was the biggest thing that was, it was, it was, you know, cheaper to go with a, a different product and luck eco's product has been awesome for us. Yeah. hundred percent. It's been fantastic. And it, as long as you maintain it properly, you know, keeping that moisture correct. You gotta, you gotta, learn, you gotta learn. You know, the, if you let it get dry and then you get a hard rain on it. I mean, of course that, that's, you know, silt that's on top is going to wash out into the turf. So, you know, you got to keep it, keep it blended well and, and uh, keep the right moisture in it. And, and, Besides that, on a daily basis, you know, um, my guys that, that works with softball specifically, I mean, it's constant brushing and sweeping and blowing, trying to keep it into the dirt as much as possible. Um, I talked about this a little bit earlier. We just replaced the turf on that field last summer. And, we, you know, we had one of my guys had an idea of, hey, what if we got some like turf saver tarps and kind of put around the edges for practices and camps? And when we're not playing a game, let's put something on it so the dirt can't even really get to the turf. And that so far has worked pretty well. Um, time will tell. You know, we've had them off for the last couple of months now with a lot of games and stuff going on, but um, we're, we plan on nailing those down this summer and, and seeing how that goes, and, and hopefully that'll help some too. But really, it's the, it's the right product. And so to speak to that on, on baseball, we do use uh, black stick mound clay on that because it tends to, if you keep the right moisture and keep it compacted well, it, it chunks out and it's a little, like a little chunk of clay instead of being a powder that gets into the turf and you can't get out. Um, so by using that at the end of a game, we go around with the back of a rake, just kind of walk around and scoop all those chunks up and, 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 and it keeps it pretty clean. Um, and if things do get bad, which they have for us, we've, we've tried everything and anything and pressure washing, blowing it with the hose, and whatever else. I even tried to get Stanley Steamer to come out and say, Hey, you guys clean this turf like it's carpet. They wouldn't do it because they thought it would ruin their machine. So I've heard other, other people doing that and have a success. I don't know. I don't have experience. I tried. Um, on, but there's Stanley, also a machine. What are we that, doing? <laughs> Stanley Steamer, like a yeah, like a carpet. Yeah, come on. Yeah. You know, I tell you, there's there's probably a, a good business opportunity if somebody could figure out the, the magic, you know, potion to to fix that problem. But but for us, it's really trying to stay on top of it, not letting it get to the point that it's bad enough that you need to go to those extremes. Um, and when we have in the past, uh, Redexa makes a, a machine called the Eliminator. It's almost like a phrase mower for I artificial saw it. turf. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it'll it'll take out the. It, but when you do that, it takes out the sand and rubber and everything else. So you got everything goes out with it. Yeah, right. Yeah, but but if that's what it takes to get the dirt out and get it back to you know if the turf is in good shape, that's what it takes to get it clean. And then you put new sand and rubber in. It's not the end of the world. Not not so the it's, worst. it's just a, it's, it is a headache and it's a lot of work, but you know it's part of it. So I have the final two questions, which I actually just noticed I did not send to you. They're very easy, I promise. <laughs> it's the ones oh, that good. we end every podcast on. <laughs> uh, because it's always interesting to see your take on it and whatnot. Um, sure. So this question, it's not to make things easier on your journey through the industry, not anything like crazy. If there was one thing that you wish you knew going into, again, your job at Liberty to where you were going to be, again, a sports field manager, what would yeah. that one thing be and why? One thing I knew ahead of time. <laughs> probably, Probably if I had known how many things I would miss with my family, to be honest, when my kids were younger, gotcha, gotcha. it's a little easier now with the position I'm in and the good crew that I have, I'm able to, to, to go do the things I need to do with my family. Um, when I was, when I was younger and they were younger, that was a little more difficult. I have an amazing wife and kids. They're very understanding. And as much as they could, they would, they'd come to work, you know, they'd come to the games and they made a lot of good friendships that way too over the years. And, and it's been awesome to, to have that. But I think that's the one thing, if I had known that I would, I would try to, I've done things a little differently and I don't regret what I've done in my, my life with my work or anything oh, like 100%. that. And, and they're proud of what I've done. And, you know, we we're, you know, we're happy, but, but I, I personally wish that, you know, I had taken steps or could have taken steps to maybe make things a little different time wise, time management wise. And I, I think that's a common thing among everybody, you know, just having the opportunities to take a step back and say, okay, my guy's got this. And you being a one man crew, you couldn't really do that. So no, there um, was, it wasn't a possibility for a while. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, that's, that's awesome. And it's important to know if you're entering this field. Absolutely. So absolutely. And my next question uh, with our kids, we're actually coming up on like three weeks until graduation for kids that are looking to get into the industry. What would your be, what would be your best words of advice for them uh, when it comes to, again, finding their way in this world? Um, number one, I, I think I, I would take it back to that leadership, right? The ownership, own it, your, you know, lead yourself, you know, and, and be disciplined in all areas of your life, because really that kind of creates, I don't There's an author, uh, he was a Navy SEAL, Jocko Willink. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's got a great podcast. I've read his books. And that's kind of where I get some of those ideas from too, from leadership stuff. But, you know, he says that discipline equals freedom. And it's really true because if you can be disciplined in, in all areas of your life, you can do the things you need to do. And, but you can also do the things you want to do, be disciplined, you know, and, and lead yourself and take ownership of your actions, you know, whether those are good or bad and, and learn from them and move on. I love it. I, I want to thank you so much for taking the time. I know I got to get you out of here. Uh, but yeah. again, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Absolutely, Drew. I appreciate having me on and I appreciate what you're doing, you know, leading the next uh, next generation into the sports surf industry. You know, we, we all need to be working at that, doing a better job of, of creating those next next sports surf managers. We're trying. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But we're, we're working on it. <laughs> yeah, 